Hey, welcome to the podcast. This is The Surge Effect, and I'm your host, Mike Surge. This podcast will be talking about anything and everything. Life in general to current events and past events, and all things about this beautiful and wonderful world that we live in. And this podcast, well, it'll probably have an effect on you. All right, and we are live, and welcome again to another episode of The Surge Effect. Thanks a lot for tuning in, everybody. It's much appreciated. Uh, before we get going on today's podcast, I just wanted to mention uh, two sponsors. Our first sponsor is, of course, Love My Legs. Love My Legs allows you to strut with confidence, offering three styles of waistbands for comfort and wearability. It's the only lifetime guarantee in the industry. For more information, follow them on Facebook at Love My Legs. Just click on the description link below and you can follow them on Facebook. Our second sponsor is He Shirts, She Shirts. Follow them on the description below. Click that link and you can go right to their website and you can see that they sell more than just t-shirts because they are more than just a t-shirt company. All right, with that being said, let's delve into today's podcast. We're going to dive right in and start talking about what happened on June 14th in our House of Commons here in Canada. They were looking to get um, Mendencino, Marco Mendencino, his resignation. They wanted him to resign for what transpired because of uh, Paul Bernardo being taken from a maximum security prison to a minimum. So, who's Paul Bernardo, you might ask? Well, I'm not going to show his picture, but I will pop up a description of a little bit about who he is here, just a second, and there it is. Paul Bernardo, he was known as the Scarborough Rapist, and he killed uh, Kristen French and Leslie Mahaffey back in the 90s, early 90s, and uh, he was a monster. Right now, he's sitting in maximum security. He should have been there all along. He should never have been uh, transferred anywhere, but he was, and... This fella here, Marco Mendencino, he is the Public Safety Minister of Canada, and he said that he didn't know anything about him being transferred. Now, I'm going to show you some videos and uh, in regards to just that. This happened in our house the other day. Let's first start off with uh, Pierre Polyev, who is the leader of the opposition. I'm just going to queue up a, a quick video here. And he is going to exp- uh, ask Mendoncino a couple of questions. So listen to this. To relive the traumatization of hearing Paul Bernardo's name. They all remember his horrific and monstrous crimes. That they learned that this government decided to free this monster from maximum security prison and allow him to go to medium security where he'd be able to interact with other people, have visitors, and enjoy other liberties. Now this minister claimed this was all a big surprise to him. However, we learned today that his office knew in early March and was informed again in May. In other words, he did know, and what he said was false. Will he resign? The Honourable Minister. 
Mr. Speaker, nothing could be further from the truth. As I said earlier, I was informed on May 30th, the day after Paul Bernardo was physically transferred to a medium security institution. And at that time, I took immediate action expressing the concerns of the families of Leslie Mahaffey and Kristen French to the Commissioner. There is an internal review process. I have also made it clear to my staff that this should have been briefed immediately. Corrective steps have been taken. I have dealt with it, and we will now always defend the rights of victims. The Honourable Leader of the Opposition. Oh, Mr. Speaker, now he's throwing his staff under the bus. Uh, his, his office admits that they found out on March the 2nd, three months so his staff found out on March the 2nd, and uh, he says he doesn't. Fi he didn't find it out until uh, May 30th. Interesting. Months before the minister claimed to be shocked by the news. If his staff had really kept a secret from him of this enormity, he would have fired them a long time ago. But he hasn't because he knows, and they know, that he knew way back then. So will he do the only honorable thing that is left for him to do and resign? Here, here. Resign. Mr. Speaker, I invite the leader of the Conservative Party to repeat that allegation outside of the House. I will absolutely reject it. I knew on May 30th... Oh, here's Anthony Rada. He's going to tell him to settle down a little bit. to take a deep breath. I know some of the topics we discussed in here are very emotional and we get carried away, but I'm going to ask everyone to take a deep breath and allow the minister to answer so that the honorable member of the uh, the leader of the opposition can hear the answer. The honorable minister, uh, please continue up 22 seconds. Mr. Speaker, it is the leader of the Conservative Party of Canada who misleads this House when he uh, impugns my knowledge before May 30th. I have made it absolutely clear that that was the day on which I found out. I have taken corrective steps internally with my office, an office for which I am responsible for, to this Parliament, to the Canadian public, which is why immediately upon knowing that fact that he was transferred to a medium security institution, I raised it with the Commissioner. I've spoken with the representatives of the families of Leslie Mahaffey and Kristen French, and we will always defend Honorable Leader of the Opposition. Well, first of all, I have stated all of these things. Outside yes, he of has. Good so <laughs> for you, Pierre. Whatever threat he's trying to make, he can act, act on. But more important than that, he did not act. His office knew on March the 2nd. He expects us to believe that his staff just forgot to walk down the hall and inform him that perhaps the most notorious killer in Canadian history was being moved out of a maximum security penitentiary to enjoy more luxuries exactly. and more a medium security penitentiary. Finally, he has the power now to designate mass murderers all to go into maximum security prisons. He could have done that weeks ago. Why hasn't he done it? And why hasn't he resigned? The Honourable Minister. The leader of the Conservative Party of Canada lays out a prescription for political interference which foreshadows what Canadians would get with a Conservative government. On this side of the House, Mr. Speaker, we recognize the independence of those decisions. And when I became aware of the fact that Bernardo had been transferred to a medium security institution, I raised it with the Commissioner. I raised the concern. I'm going to have to interrupt again. I mean, it's oh, getting way... Anthony Rada is going to interrupt him one more time. Take a deep breath. People are fired up on the PC side. 
Mr. Speaker. <laughs> Say you're sorry. The leader of the Conservative Party of Canada. Canadians know they will get a prescription for political interference. On this side of the House, we're doing it the right way. Today, I will be issuing new ministerial instructions to the Correctional Services of Canada to make sure that they put victims' rights at the centre of decisions to transfer, that they inform victims' families before those transfers take place, and we will always stand up for their rights. The Honourable Leader of the Opposition. Mr. Speaker, it is the legitimate power of a public safety minister to issue directives about classes of prisoners. The former public safety minister, Ralph Goodale, did that about prisoners suspected of having contraband. Right. That is normal. That is a power that the minister has today. He could classify all mass murderers as requiring maximum security detention. That is a decision he could make now. It is a decision he could have made on March the 2nd when his office became aware that this monster was being transferred out of maximum security prisoners. Why, given that he has not done that and because he has misled this house, will the Prime Minister fire him? Probably not. He doesn't fire anyone. He should be fired himself. Conservative Party of Canada did not hear my last answer. We will be issuing new directions to the Correctional Service of Canada to ensure that they put victims' rights at the centre of these decisions, to be sure that they inform victims' families before these transfers take place, and to be sure that I am directly notified on a go-forward. What did they get with Conservatives, Mr. Speaker, the last time they were in government? Cuts to the Correctional Services of Canada in the amount of $300 million in their last year of government. That's the difference between what Canadians get with Conservatives so, Menachino, he seems to deflect what's actually been asked of him. He has been asked the same question over and over again, and he keeps saying stuff that's not even related. So, we're going to let uh, Melissa Lanceman. She is the next uh, person that's going to ask some questions. Here's Melissa here, picture of her. And um, she's awesome. She does a great job in our house. Um, for her constituents in Thornhill, they should be very, very happy with what uh, Melissa's been doing for them. And Raquel Dancho, she is amazing as well. So for her people and her riding of her area out in Manitoba, they should be thrilled with what uh, these two women do. It's amazing. So we're going to listen to what these two women say and what they what they ask in the house. We'll start off with Melissa first. And um, then, then uh, Raquel. So here we go. Advice of law enforcement to implement the Emergencies Act. That was false. He told Canadians that the Beijing-run police stations in our country were closed, and that was false. And then he told Canadians that he didn't know about a child rapist and murderer, Paul Bernardo's transfer out of a maximum security prison. He stood in front of the victims' families and acted shocked. He knew for three months, and now he's throwing his staff under the bus. So which staff member did he fire? Yeah. The Honourable Minister for Public Safety. Mr. Speaker, you're absolutely right. I stood with the families of Kristen French and Leslie Mihaffey because I have great care for them, as do all Canadians. That's why I called the Commissioner to express my concerns. That's why she's conducting a review of the decision. That's why I'm issuing new instructions to the CSC. Shameful. The Honourable Colleague refers to the Emergencies Act. I will always defend this government's decision to invoke that act. While we were working around the clock to restore public safety, what were the Conservatives doing? What was the leader of the Conservative Party of doing? He was serving up Timmy's, Mr. Speaker. In this side of the House, we will always defend law and order. So now he's trying to throw Pierre under the bus by saying he served up Timmy's. Well, he was standing with the people that were legally protesting, which is their right under our charter. 
of rights and freedoms here in Canada. So he has always taken the same stance in regards to people that were doing blockades, which was illegal, and the people that had a legal right to protest, period. And now he's saying, oh, what did they do? Oh, he gave out coffee while we were standing up for Canadians. They invoked the Emergency Act. The Liberals all voted for it, and they were basically trampled Canadians. They assaulted Canadians. They assaulted veterans that were at the our, uh, memorial in Ottawa. It was disgusting. You can check out videos from my previous podcast in regards to that, the Emergency Act. So him, he's getting off topic. Why didn't he notify people about Paul Bernardo in, in his move and tell them to stop it and keep him back into maximum security? Why? That's a good question. officials, if he claims he doesn't tell the Prime Minister anything, what does he actually do here? Exactly. All the families of Paul Bernardo's victims that he had no knowledge of the transfer, he pretended that he had no idea. He re-victimized the families of the victims, and he doesn't have the trust of Canadians. His own caucus can't even look up at him. Minister, there is only one option. Resign. <laughs> Good for you, Melissa. She's awesome. Look at Mendocino in the back. Look at him. Oh, here's Anthony Rada again, wanting to settle them down. Of course it's a heated discussion. This, this guy's a monster that they're talking about. Horrific events that were a result of the absolutely heinous crimes by Paul Bernardo are something that... Exactly, Mr. Holland. I would say by every single Canadian. Uh, that what the minister has stated, uh, this is a decision that was made by Correctional Services Canada, which acts independently. The minister indicated that when he became aware of it, uh, he indicated to Correctional Services that, 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 that he did not find that decision acceptable, asked for it to be reviewed, and we also have asked for take a victim-centered approach going forward in corrections, and I, I want to work with the party opposite on that because I know they care. The Honourable Member for Kildonan St. Paul. Mr. Speaker, this is a pattern of misleading behavior from the Minister. That is the problem here. For exactly. Example, misleading he behavior. He said he wasn't banning hunting rifles. That was false. He was banning hunting rifles. False. He misled hunters. He misled farmers. He misled 100% Canadians. misled. He was forced to back down on that as a result, but he broke the trust of hunters and firearms owners, Mr. Speaker, and he will never get that back. How can the Prime Minister have a Minister of Public Safety that can't be trusted? Great question. Great question. Mr. Speaker, I, I rise once again because I think that we are all unified. And then Chino back smirking again. And I think that we're all unified in our desire to make sure that the victims, uh, not only here but in every instance, are protected. And that's why I think the minister's offer to have a conversation about how we can use this to instruct a more victim-centered approach in our corrections is the right approach. And I would invite the opposition to participate in that discussion. I think the minister has been clear that the decisions made by Correctional Services Canada was one that we uh, do not support and have asked them to review. The Honourable Member for Kildonan St. Paul. Mr. Speaker, I don't think the uh, the member is listening to the exchange going on here. The minister also claimed that they're illegal that the illegal Beijing police stations uh, operating in Canada were closed, but that wasn't true either, was it, Mr. Speaker? These nope. police stations not only violate our sovereignty, but they threaten the security of Chinese Canadians. It is issue after Chinese issue police stations in Canada. To mislead 
the public. It is critical that the Minister of Public Safety, above most ministers, has the trust of Canadians, Mr. Speaker, and yet he has repeatedly misled, Cana misled Canadians on issues of public safety. How can he be trusted to keep us safe when he we cannot trust a word he says? The Honourable Minister for Public Safety. Speaker, my colleague across the way is not the final arbiter of trust. It is Canadians, and we are working hard every single day to protect public safety. We've introduced... Talking about Canadians being the arbiters of trust, please comment below in regards to whether or not you trust Marco Mendoncino for what you know about him, if you followed what's going on, of course, in regards to the Chinese police stations that were in Canada. He said weren't here. They were the hunting... Uh, uh, weapons for hunters and stuff. He lied about that as well. I mean, it just goes on and on. Anyway, just comment below whether or not you believe uh, that he's trustworthy. Bill C-21, which will take AR-15 style guns out of our communities. The Conservatives want to make those types of guns legal again, Mr. Speaker. My colleague refers to the so-called police stations. The RCMP have repeatedly, repeatedly confirmed that they have taken disruptive action to stop foreign interference in relationships. Well, I'm not sure about all that because there were still two uh, left in Quebec the last, at the last uh, House of Commons um, question period when they were talking about it. So I'm not sure if that's even true. So there's so many lies being told, it's, it's hard to grasp. So the next person that's going to be talking, asking questions, her name is uh, Shannon Stubbs. She is going to be asking the first part of questions, and the next person is going to be... Carrie Lynn Findlay. Now, these two ladies, they do an incredible job as well. And here are them asking some questions. I'm just going to queue it up here. Paul Bernardo is a brutal serial killer and rapist. He kidnapped, tortured, raped, and murdered teenage girls. His victims and their loved ones have to live with that grief forever. He traumatized an entire generation, the whole country. Two weeks ago, that monster got moved out of max security. But three months before, the minister was told he did nothing, and now he says he can't do anything to keep this dangerous criminal locked up in max. His whole job is to keep Canadians safe. Yes, he's, he's the Minister of Safety. So when will he name and fire the staffer he says screwed up or just resign? The Honourable Government House Leader. Uh, Mr. Speaker, the member opposite is right in her characterization. Oh, on his phone there. I think that she will find no argument from anyone. Uh, let me say that uh, all of us uh, on this issue, I think, need to work together uh, to make sure that the families are served and that victims are served. Uh, the minister has suggested uh, a conversation about a victim-centered approach in corrections to make sure this mistake that was made independently by correction services doesn't happen again. And I hope that the member opposite would take up uh, that conversation. I know how sincere she is in her horror of those events. I know she knows I'm sincere in mine. The Honourable Member for Lakeland. But Canadians want accountability and action. These ministers, they can blame everyone else all they want, but the truth is their policies endanger Canadians, and it's a habit. The Liberals soften sentences for kidnapping, sexual assault, and rape, and let those monsters do time at home among their victims and law-abiding neighbours. Crime has skyrocketed because the Liberals give bail, not jail, to violent criminals. The misleading Canadians is that minister's habit. He said law enforcement asked for the Emergency Act. That wasn't true. He said all Beijing police stations in Canada were closed. That wasn't true. And he's misleading now, isn't he? We know that. When he says that he didn't know about Paul Bernardo's transfer. So when will he finally be accountable and stop all this deliberate... Ah, the last thing she said was resign. 
in case you didn't hear that. That's why she's talking fast. Don't have so much time. The guy in the background saying it's time for you to go. Some members that they have very strong voices. Maybe they're just trying to talk to someone close to them and their voices are very loud. I want them to be very mindful of the strength of their voices. The Honorable uh, Minister. Mr. Speaker, as I've said on numerous occasions, I was personally informed on May 30th, the day after an independent decision was taken by CSC. You're going to find out in a little while that, in fact, he knew in, he knew in March. His whole department knew in March. The Honourable Member for South Surrey, White Rock. Paul Bernardo is a serial rapist and murderer who targeted teenagers. He deserves to stay in a maximum security prison forever, full stop. If his staff keeps secrets from this minister on serious issues, then this public safety minister has no control over his files. He hasn't fired anyone. To allow this minister to keep his job is to be anti-women, anti-justice, and anti-victim. If these Liberals want to stand with women, tell them to resign. That's awesome. Tell them to resign. These women are strong women. Oh, there's Mendocino again on his phone. Could care less. Look at him over there. Because the money's too good, that's why he won't. The money's too good. Yeah, that's why he won't. That's what responsibility should have been. But for some reason, 
he just he sidetracks everything, goes off on a little tangent. Anyway, so just before we uh, close off the podcast, I'm going to pop this up here from a Carmack Mac Sweeney. This uh, he just posted on uh, Twitter, a little tweet from him. Uh, Prime Minister's office says PM uh, was informed of Bernardo's transfer the day it happened, but a staff member from the PMO uh, was alerted about the possibility of a transfer in March. So, as the minister said in the question period, we should have been informed earlier, and he has dealt with that. The prime minister was briefed on Monday, May 29th, or Monday, May 29th, when a staff member in the prime minister's office was alerted in March by the Privy Council office about the possible of a transfer. Inquiries and requests for information were immediately made to the public safety's minister's office. That was the right step to take, given the public safety minister's responsibility for the correction services of Canada. So that was tweeted out by Carmack Mac Sweeney. So anyway, in closing, this is what happened when um, uh, Mr. Polyev, Pierre Polyev, when he stepped outside, and of course the reporters uh, jumped on him and started asking him questions about what happened. So here we go moved from a maximum security penitentiary to a medium security penitentiary and Minister Mendicino said he was shocked, totally shocked. And now we know that he was informed three months earlier and did absolutely nothing. At least two emails that he got from correction services informing him of this move. And then after the fact, he claimed that he knew absolutely nothing about it. This is not the first time Mr. Mendicino has lied to Canadians. I have a list. You need a list because it's hard to keep track. He lied saying that the police had asked him to bring in the Emergencies Act. They did not. He misled a federal judge by backdating documents. He admitted in committee that the RCMP was using spyware to gain information on Canadians. He lied that the safe third country agreement was working. He claimed it was impossible to close Roxham Road, something that has now happened. Um, he claimed that his amendments would not ban hunting rifles. And then later on, he had to admit that they did ban hunting rifles and reverse those amendments. He said that uh, the, RC, that the uh, CSIS report on Michael Chong's family being targeted by a former government did never left CSIS. We now know that the documents went from CSIS to the Prime Minister's National Security Advisor. He claimed there were no more Chinese-controlled police stations in Canada. Now we know there are at least two. The list goes on and on. He lied about his knowledge that Paul Bernardo was being moved from a maximum security penitentiary to a medium security penitentiary, something that he has the power to stop. So he lies and lies and lies and lies. He lies about suspending the civil liberties of Canadians he lies about banning hunting rifles for law-abiding Indigenous Canadians and farmers. He lies about uh, Canadian parliamentarians being targeted by foreign intimidation. And now he's lied about his knowledge and role in moving Paul Bernardo from a maximum security penitentiary to a medium security penitentiary. These are too many lies. It's one lie too many. It is time for Marco Mendicino to resign. It's time for Marco Mendicino to resign. Yes. You can put your comments below. 
Once again, let me know what you think. You think it's time for Marco Mendicino to resign? I know what I think, and I know what I've seen over the last several years in regards to a lot of different things, uh, going right back to, of course, with COVID and the Emergency Act to present day. Um, lots of lies, uh, lots of mistruths, does it in the house, out of the house, and it just uh, it goes on and on. Um, Anyway, so that's it. That's all I have to say in regards to all that. And I'm done with that Bernardo thing because that guy's a monster and deserves to stay in maximum for the rest of his natural-born life, period. End of story. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Surge Effect, everyone. It's much appreciated. I'm also found on Rumble.com. Don't forget Rumble. Head on over to Rumble.com, and you can just type in The Surge Affect. And you will find me there. All my videos from YouTube are automatically uploaded to Rumble. Even the ones that YouTube takes down, they go over to Rumble. So the ones that have been taken down, I've had several of them taken down over the last couple of years, and they are on Rumble. Uh, please don't forget to subscribe and like. Hit the little bell up at the top, and you will be notified every time I put up a new video and every time a, a new video is posted. Uh, when you uh, like... It uh, does something with the algorithm with YouTube and moves everything up the chain a little bit, a little bit closer. And that's just how YouTube operates. I can also be found on Android and iPhones using a app for podcasting. All you do is once you load up that podcast app is type in The Surge Affect. You can do it on Spotify as well. I'm on Spotify. I'm on all Android, iPhone, Spotify, any place where you can find podcasts. I am there. Anyway, until next time, everyone, please have yourself a great day, and we'll chat later. Cheers. This episode sponsored by He Shirts, She Shirts. Go to www.heshirtsheshirts.ca. Just type in the letters TSA, The Surge Effect. When you check out, type in TSA for your coupon and receive 10% off your next purchase. Thanks for listening to today's podcast, everybody.